The ideas, procedures, and suggestions contained within this podcast are not intended as a substitute for consulting with a medical professional. All matters regarding your health and fitness require medical consultation and supervision. Welcome to the Warrior Wellness Podcast, a podcast for military members, veterans, and first responders focusing on fitness, health, nutrition, and biohacking. Our mission with this podcast is to introduce America's heroes to lifestyle habits and hacks that will help them live healthier, happier lives, and in turn, be fit enough to continue their support of their communities and country. All right, Hussein Dubai, thank you so much for being on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. So um, Hussein's going to tell us all about himself here in a, a second, but he is a tactical strength and conditioning facilitator, and he works with local fire departments there in Texas. And he started a tactical strength and conditioning curriculum um, at, as an adjunct facility um, working on these certification programs. So um, he is kind of embedded out there with our first responders teaching these types of fitness techniques. So we're gonna learn more about what exactly is tactical strength and conditioning because it sounds very fancy, but it's actually very applicable for those of you listening out there who are military members, first responders, law enforcement. So um, you got to perk your ears up and learn a little bit about this style of fitness, which could really help you um, perform in your positions out there. So thank you, Hussein, for joining us. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me on here. Um, so my name is Hussein Jabai. Uh, I'm a tactical strength and conditioning instructor. I'm the lead instructor for Jabai Performance. Uh, I found the Texas Tactical Strength and Conditioning Academy where uh, myself and other professionals, other uh, resources that, that I pull in, we go out to local fire departments and now we're working with uh, a local police academy and fire academy. And uh, initially what we do is we go out and uh, whether we're working with those professionals on wellness programs or providing some sort of clinic or workshop for these individuals, uh, we are more or less seen as that pool of resources, that uh, roundtable discussion of how can we provide, uh, how can we provide value, how can we provide assets to these local tactical professionals. Now, my background, uh, master's degree in exercise science, so I come from the academic side. Uh, honestly, I do not have that firefighting, law enforcement, military background. I'm not a prior tactical professional that does have pros and cons to that. Walking into uh, the community sometimes can, uh, not having that prior experience can be a hindrance for how I get involved or how I have to communicate. Uh, but ultimately, the experience I do have working with local departments kind of already has built that value to where I have that. Uh, relationship. But um, as far as credentials, master's degree, exercise science, I do have the NSCA uh, strength and conditioning, the CSCS, uh, which is kind of your higher level strength and conditioning certification. I have the NSCA's TZAC-F, which is their uh, specialized certification for working with the tactical community. And then the CPT, the personal training community, uh, personal training certification. Yeah. Okay, great. Introducing the new Fireteam Whiskey Fitness and Nutrition app. Everything you need to get fit and lose weight right at your fingertips. Choose from hundreds of fitness videos and fitness plans. 
Search for workouts by fitness level, equipment available, or body part focus. Choose from several nutrition plans and customize your macros. Your entire fitness, nutrition, and wellness plan all scheduled on your calendar. Text a trainer anytime for tips, tricks, and motivation. Achieve your fitness and health goals with the Fireteam Whiskey app. Go to www.fireteamwhiskey.com to get two weeks of results for free. And let's just dive right into it. So, you know, when we think about fitness, you, we just kind of have that standard American, <laughs> you know, viewpoint um, that's been conditioned in us. Like you get a gym membership and you just go to the gym and you do some bicep curls and you do some chest presses and maybe you get on the treadmill and that's it. You know, so that's what most people do in their fitness journeys. That's their, you know, their mindset when it comes to this is what I need to do to be fit. But um, for you know those of us who are in the military, first responders, or law enforcement, um, we happen to have jobs that have a little bit more of a demand on our physical um, you know uh, abilities, and we may find ourselves in some situations where you know we have to do certain movements um, or have a certain level of power or. Um, you know, it, to be able to pull our own body weight up and over something or to move quickly or to change directions quickly. So, you know, it's not just like getting on an elliptical and you like, it's like a gerbil on a <laughs> wheel. Like I hate the elliptical. I hate uh, treadmills. It's like, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> so it's like a destination less destination, but um, but I love tactical strength and conditioning because it applies directly to our military members, first responders, um, you know, EMTs, paramedics, uh, law enforcement out there. So talk about the specific type of fitness trainer or training and, and what, what, does, what does this mean? So tactical strength and conditioning, it sounds kind of snazzy. You throw, on a t you throw it on a t-shirt or a hat or whatever it might be, and it's like kind of that bold statement. But ultimately... It is that concept of strength and conditioning, but you're molding it and you're learning how it applies specifically to the job tasks and movement patterns and things that tactical professionals are doing. Now, tactical strength and conditioning can vary based on that job description. Something you're having uh, firefighters go through might be different than military uh, and different than law enforcement. It depends on what their job description within that profession is in itself. Um, so the concept does have that carryover. Okay, you learn strength and conditioning. You've been working with athletes. Uh, it does have that carryover to the tactical population. But I think the main thing out of that is understanding the tactical piece. So how are you molding your program? How are you uh, designing uh, programming or protocol based off of that job description? It takes as a TZAC practitioner, it takes understanding that job. So personally for me, the fact that I don't have that prior experience and individuals that go through that academic route that might not have in-field experience, that means putting yourself in, the, in their shoes. That means going to live fires, doing ride-alongs, um, uh, doing different things to gain more experience and to visually see if you can ask questions, uh, if you can, uh, from a verbal perspective, that helps but the more you can actually experience is going to allow you as a practitioner to better understand what your program should look like 
and different resources and different things you should pull into it besides just that fitness component of, okay, let's train this way. You know, there's a lot more to health. There's a lot more to a wellness program than just, okay, let's go work out. So you see all the different pieces and uh, different things, you know, my different ideas, concepts might pop up where, hey, I need to reach out to this professional and plug them into the program as well. So it's a full uh, encompass program and understanding the job responsibilities of the professional you're working with. Yeah. And is there specific components to tactical strength and conditioning or just kind of like pillars of what makes up tactical strength and conditioning? Ultimately, it, it is understanding the exercise science component. So understanding fitness instruction, understanding cueing, modifications, progressions, but then also that infield application. So understanding the job, but also being able to break down the job. What movements does it does that job consist of? The energy pathway. So what uh, energy system are they uh, utilizing? What macronutrient or what nutrition is utilized for fueling those jobs or those job tasks? So being able to break that down and um, as a practitioner, as an individual that works with those populations, I mean, you're going to have to understand those concepts and then from there, that's where you start designing your program. If you don't know what movements a professional is doing, whether they're an athlete or they're a tax professional in the field, if you don't understand what they're doing, how are you designing a, a strength and conditioning program? How are you designing uh, exercises and movements that are going to allow them to perform their job uh, at a more efficient level? And you're not teaching, just to, re, uh, to, to emphasize, you're not teaching them a specific job skill. You're teaching them components that are going to allow them to do those skills, but maybe a little bit more efficiently or take less energy to perform those job tasks. Gotcha. So um, I, I, what you were just saying kind of triggered a memory of mine. Um, I had a police officer um, do our program a few times um, through. He was with us for maybe over a year, year and a half. And um, he sent me a message or text um, at one point and said that he had gotten into an accident in his squad car. And um, in order to, I guess the, the car had turned over on its side and he was in uh, the passenger side was up and the driver's side was down. And he had to climb out, you know, of the window, kind of kick in the window of the, the passenger side, climb out of that window. And he said, I, it didn't even occur to me, you know, because he, he's, he started seeing me because our fire team whiskey and doing our programs because he wanted to lose weight. Right. I mean, that, that's the primary component, you know, he just feels like shit. He looks like shit in his uniform and he wants to improve that. But um, along the way, he, you know, he had this incident, had to pull himself out of his squad car, you know, his own body weight up and out, basically doing a pull up. And he, he reached out to me and said, you know, if I hadn't have been doing fire team whiskey, I would not physically have been trapped in there. I would not have been able to do that. I would have just had to call for backup and wait for somebody to come get me out because I would not have had the strength to do basically a pull up and get myself out of there. So yeah. we don't think about these 
things that that you know that could happen at any given moment even if you're not law enforcement or a military member you know that you never know when you need that strength that power and it could save your life you know he wasn't in a life-threatening situation but you know you never know it could be the one thing you can't just pull your own body weight up i mean i'm just always shocked by the fact that almost no one can pull their own body weight you know it's like exactly that is such a functional task and it could save your life and of course you don't want to end up in those experiences but you know everyone who says oh it'll never happen to me (laughs) you know ask all those people that it happened to and all of them would say yeah i never thought something like that could happen to me but guess what it did so you know, yeah, you can't and, just predict and the future and just assume that these things aren't going to happen. And that that strength, that conditioning, that power, um, you know, that ability to move your body in certain ways could save your life or the, save the life of others. Fireteam Whiskey is proud to sell Zaya Athletic Wear. We love the awesome styles, amazing quick dry technology, and best of all, the price. Zaya Active is the official workout wear of Fireteam Whiskey. Go to bit.ly forward slash Zaya FTW and check out all the styles for women, men, and kids. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because I get the question just uh, not as a tactical professional, but just training, you get that question, I'm sure you have and plenty of people listening of, you know, if you're not training for an event or a competition and someone asks you, okay, what are you training for? You train pretty hard or you're training this way. And you just kind of look at them and just say life. Like, I want to be able to move. I want to be able to, if something happens, I want to do this or in 20 years, I want to be at at least this uh, minimum uh, level of function. And when we say the word function, it's functional training and concepts of function. You know, uh, it becomes more specific when talking with the uh, tactical population. But just having a purpose for everything you're doing with training. Uh, one thing, uh, as uh, a tactical strength and conditioning practitioner, I have to weigh out and other practitioners do is, personal goals as well. When you're working with individuals, yeah, they will have their, okay, weight loss goals, uh, maybe physique goals and different things that they specifically have in mind, but also understanding as a practitioner, you also want to make sure exercise selection has a purpose. You're doing this movement for this goal. Yeah, there are some things that might be thrown in just because of preference, but uh, ultimately looking at the tactical side of things, you want to make sure um, that you're being as specific as possible when programming, but also allowing that uh, personal goal aspect, one that builds value for the individuals they're achieving their personal goals, uh, but also allows not a, okay, this is your identity, this is your direct program, you can't stray from it. It it gives kind of leniency and allows them to uh, customize and uh, be able to uh, adapt their program based on preference. Yeah. So you started a, um, a tactical strength and conditioning curriculum for local firefighters there where you live. So what what is this type of training and, and, and why is it relevant to firefighters? So the curriculum in itself kind of has a uh, two-prong aspect. One of it is actually going in 
And uh, through research projects, we've been able to provide strength and conditioning programs for a set duration for the research project where we actually provide that training intervention where I come in and I lecture on, okay, these are stretches to do and mobility work and movement prep and these are movements but also explaining why explaining why stability matters why mobility matters why strength through multiple planes matters um, and, and and on top of that providing a curriculum aspect for uh, educating practitioners within departments so uh whether it's that the peer fitness route or the tzac f route or uh getting uh, CPTs or personal training certifications, different departments and agencies are looking for or looking to certify a lot where departments are now drifting toward is getting their personnel certified to being that guidance uh, tool or fitness uh, guru per shift. So we actually come in, we're designing a, a certificate program to help build that understanding of the TZAC F certification. And so having a prep course for them, as well as uh, one of the departments, two, two different departments that we're currently working with on a strength and conditioning aspect, also want us to come in and run annual clinics. So now we're branching out and running clinics. Uh, we have two different academies that want us to come out and work with them on an annual basis. So uh, that two-prong concept of, okay, this is us coming out and providing a strength and conditioning program, but also the explanation why because you'll see all the time, you can collect things on the internet of, okay, I'm gonna do this, but why is this important? And then how does this transfer to your job? If you have someone there explaining that process, and then as you go through it, uh, as a tactical professional goes through it, I can modify and explain what, you know, why there are adjustments. But the curriculum side is huge because now we are em empowering other practitioners that are there because we can't be there 24 seven, we can't be there all the time, um, depending on departments and agency budgets, city budgets, you know, they might not be able to have a strength and conditioning professional there, uh, you know, through the work week or uh, seven days a week, whatever it might be. So it's empowering them to have that guidance tool that uh, personnel that's kind of in charge of, of fitness and wellness in those roles. So then they can build value within their department within their agency. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and also, you know, if, if you learn the components, you go through a workshop, you learn the components, you you know what you're, you know, that you're looking to do certain types of movements in your fitness training from here on forward, you know, not just focusing on the frontal plane, like it's just like, oh, it's all front. like you go into any gym, it's all everything's doing, everybody's doing a forward movement, you know, everybody's just worried yeah, about what's going on in the front of the body for some reason, it's like, it's all I can see in the mirror. So, you know, that's, that's all I do. But there's so many other planes of movement that you need to be aware of and working on and that stability work, especially um, if you don't have a strong core, I don't care how, how much you can lift, you know, that's you're, you're going to be unstable. So, you know, those big old biceps are not going to help you <laughs> with that. Exactly. And, and, and on top of that, I mean, talking about stability and mobility very briefly, um, from the perspective and, and it's not illustrated enough where certain joints need to be mobile, certain joints stable. And when the ones that are mobile are no longer mobile, something compensates for that. Yeah. But then how does that carry over to in the job when you're doing, you're not saying I'm doing five reps of this movement is okay, I have my equipment on this side and I need to bend over and pick it up. 
and understanding how what you're doing in exercise and the mobility work and why that correlates, why that improves your movement pattern. Because if you're not training in a range of motion, it's hard or near impossible to even be strong in a range of motion you're not training in. So how do you replicate that in training to carry over to, to in the field? Yeah. And that's, that's a hard adjustment for somebody to make. Right. I mean, because I know I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a hardcore athlete, you know, from the military side. So you get, you have this mindset of just, you know, how much can I lift and, and how hard can I go? And, you know, it, and you forget about the very important aspects of mobility and flexibility and stability and you're never working on these things and it puts you at extreme risk of injury you know and and you know not being able to make the movement that you need when you need to do it so that was the hardest transition i can speak for myself for me when i i blew out my i my itb and i was you know doing 300 mile races and it was like you know, my fitness came to an abrupt halt, you know, and it was so frustrating to me. And I had to explore other ways of doing fitness, you know, but basically without using my knee while it was being rehabbed. So, you know, I, that's when I discovered yoga and discovered that I literally <laughs> at that time, um, and it's still practice for me, but I couldn't even touch my toes, you know? So it's like, I had a lot of flexibility work that I needed to do. And that, that definitely, you know, I learned over time that definitely contributed to, you know, all the injuries that, that I had was that lack of flexibility, that lack of mobility in my joints. Right. So, because I was always doing just kind of one plane of movement or two planes of movement, and I wasn't working on the entire plane planes of movements for those joints or the stability for those joints. So um, that, you know, you don't think about that. Do you think, talk about like how hard that transition is when you come into and so, start teaching these concepts. Are you fire team ready? Try the fire team whiskey spec ops keto Joe shake. The keto Joe shake is a medium chain triglyceride MCT shake derived from non GMO coconut oil. It contains 17 grams of MCT, 10 grams of high quality whey protein and no sugar. It's sweetened with stevia leaf so you can keep those carbs low and shred that body fat. 25 milligrams of caffeine to give you extra energy for the gym or your busy day. Fireteam Whiskey has been supplying military members deployed all over the world with Spec Ops shakes for over three years. Fireteam Whiskey Spec Ops shakes are fueling the fight. Whether you are just trying to lose a few pounds or trying to get that extra edge in the gym, the Fireteam Whiskey Spec Ops shakes are for you. Make sure to stock up now and support our efforts to raise funds for Team RWB, our nonprofit partner that provides social support and fitness events for our nation's heroes. And it depends on the department or agency or the, the audience we're working with. I've been into a department and they already have a fitness culture. So um, they're, they already have a training mentality and there's pros and cons to that because maybe you're changing a culture that's already there, but then vice versa. I've been into departments where there is no fitness culture and maybe one out of, you know, but honestly, maybe one person just, just works out, but you're still trying to encourage change from a, there's uh, from a, a, a sedentary perspective. So there's pros and cons to both. Um, I, 
my biggest advice when trying to transition individuals from one mindset of training to another is figuring out where they're currently at. How are they training? Where are they at? And if there's any perspective of discomfort or pain um, or, or irritation, if you can help them solve a problem first, maybe you can't initially completely convert them to your mindset of what training should look like. But if this individual is strength training and maybe you can uh, adapt their programming and that's just something down the road, but maybe they have lower back tightness or irritation or hip issues and you can help them move pain free, the moment you do that, they're going to be willing to listen to at least some of the advice that you're going to provide for them. And so that transition is going to be a lot better and you're providing that value up front. You might walk in as, uh, say you have the backgrounds, uh, the background and credential, you might walk in and you, from a, a buy-in process, right? You might have individuals that just know your credentials and go, okay, whatever he says is golden. You might have some individuals where they see your credentials and it's like, okay, well, you have to solve one of my problems before I listen to you. And so that's where, you know, you build that value. And then you, you do have a few where it's like, I'm not going to like you no matter what, because you're making me change. You will yeah. have a few individuals, <laughs> but the, the buy-in process is going to be different for everyone. And so that transition from where someone's currently training, if you can build value through solving one of their problems, helping them move easier, or even just educating, sometimes just verbally educating, okay, this is why I want you to do this movement, because this is what you do in the field and show them how it carries over. It's sometimes that's all it takes for it to click and for them to transition to that movement. So the process is going to be different for everyone, but ultimately building that value and that rapport and uh, uh, trying to establish that buy-in process is ultimately where you're going to get that transition. Yeah, yeah. And and as as a fellow personal trainer, um, what a <laughs> different <laughs> what yeah. a different view on training, right? I mean, yeah. this is not the the typical box gym training, you know, that you yeah. get. It's not that go in and they're just trying to hurt you as much as possible or make you puke during your workouts. It's it is a, a focus on function, a focus on mobility, a focus on having your body improve in so many different ways. Um, it's not about punishing you or making you hurt. You know, <laughs> It's like, wow, what a refreshing concept for personal training. <laughs> oh, exactly. And not only are you, your goal is one, their, their personal health and personal life. You want them to move better, feel better. Um, 30 years down the road after retirement, you want them to be able to, to function and be able to uh, have, uh, move better, right? Also from an employment, stat, uh, employment perspective is not only do you want them to, uh, as adaptations occur, you want them to move more efficiently, perform job tasks more efficiently, but also understand that training session, a call can happen at any moment, mm -hmm. depending on what that session, how it's uh, funded, if it's on clock, off clock, and, and whatever situation. Most instances when I'm working with someone, they're on shift. So you can't train them to where they're throwing up and can't move. You're training them enough for an adaptation, but not enough to where they have to go 
you know, take a nap depending on the situation. They have to be able to, if they get a call, they have to be able to respond and they have to be able to respond efficiently. Now with any kind of physical exertion, especially with untrained or uh, beginner participants, you do have that small decrease just from doing any physical activity. You have a small decrease in performance until you adapt. But ultimately over time with those chronic uh, adaptations, you're still again providing enough for a stimulus, but not enough to where they can't perform uh, their job tasks when, when they have to respond. So right. definitely different mindset than <laughs> commercial gym setting and just trying to make sure they leave tired. Right, right. So um, so for those people who are listening who are not first responders or law enforcement or, or current military, um, can you kind of describe why tactical strength and conditioning is still appropriate for you know people who don't do these these jobs? So from the perspective of uh, them that uh, they themselves going through the training, like the format of training. Yeah, just learning and you know how to to work out in a, a more tactical strength and conditioning way. Um, you know, okay. and following those those kind of principles. I think ultimately it gets you out of that forefront of these are the basic exercises I know and I, I stay here, or these are the machines that I use. And this is kind of what I do for, for five, 10 years. You know, it gets you out of that mindset, gets you ultimately out of your comfort zone. You're, uh, you're learning different exercises, but you're also from the perspective of function and training for life. I mean, you're training movement patterns that Ultimately, if you get in a situation, whatever it might be, you're more or less training for life. You're training for situations. Then there's the aspects of, you know, a tactical strength and conditioning focuses on core and lower back health and shoulder health and all these different aspects where you can only benefit from uh, applying these to, to your, your training uh, foundation, uh, the, the conditioning and anaerobic and aerobic perspectives of, of training, all this is going to carry over. Now you might be the individual where you're training, you know, like, like a tactical athlete and someone asks you what you're training for and you say, well, for life, but ultimately all those different components, all these different aspects of tactical strength and conditioning can only benefit you uh, for, for day-to-day -day life. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you, you know, you struggle with back pain or shoulder pain or knee pain or ankle pain, um, this, this is probably something you should give a try um, to help improve your mobility, your flexibility. It's only going to strengthen your core. It's going to allow for um, your flexibility to improve. And um, you might see a huge benefit. I know certainly I did um, coming from a kind of a traditional athletic um, training standpoint back in the day in bodybuilding to, you know, transitioning myself and my fitness to this type of this type of training, I see a huge difference in the frequency of my injuries or flare-ups or pain, which I used to constantly deal with. I mean, it was an everyday thing. So, and I, it was just something that I had been conditioned to expect as an athlete, right? Um, yeah, so that that made a huge difference for me in, in my um, daily pain level, my, you know, constant, you know, dealing with my previous injuries, it improved a lot of my injuries. And I know um, the more that I focus on, especially that flexibility and mobility aspect, 
the less pain I'm in and the less flare-ups I have for those old injuries. So if you're listening to this and you just, you know, maybe you're not a, a firefighter or first responder or, or military member, but you suffer from these pains, this is definitely the type of fitness that you need to be checking out because that it'll make a huge difference. I'm a def definite testament of that. And the, the, um, our fire team whiskey participants are definitely a testament of that because that's the type of fitness training that we do. So um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, maybe wrap up and see if you have anything else to add. And um, for those listening, definitely need to go to their website, txtsa.com and check out all the things on there. There's a lot of really neat information. I, I was uh, perusing it a few days ago. So really good information on their website. But um, Hussein, do you have anything else that you wanna to add to, to what we discussed today? I would just say, ultimately, if you're a practitioner in the field or a future practitioner out there, making sure, uh, just understanding the job in itself, so the tactical professional's job, and then how, from an exercise science, stand, uh, exercise science standpoint, how it carries over, but just know that it's not, fitness is not the sole, uh, it, it's not the only aspect of health. And so um, just making sure if you're a practitioner out there that you're adding other resources, that's where my connection with uh, affiliating and bringing in a university where I have different resources um, and, and different professionals that can come in and provide these other services and these other assets. So I, I would say ultimately, um, just make sure you're covering all bases. When you say wellness program, it's not just fitness program, it's wellness as a whole. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, that's a huge, huge point. It's not just about the physical training. You know, it, if you can do that, and that's fantastic. But if you're not well mentally, and if you're not well with your nutrition, those physical things are not going to stick. They're not going to be permanent, you're, you're going to lose them, they're not going to go as far as you want them to. So, you know, if you're not willing to change and work on those other things in your life, you're going to get very, very, very limited results with whatever fitness program you choose, not only just this one, but um, you can't out uh, train a bad diet, right? Exactly. If you're, if you're introducing junk into your system, you're only going to get junk out, you know, junk in, junk out. So um, it's going to make training a lot harder for you too because your body's going to be all inflamed you're going to be overweight you know you're you're kind of starting these these cascades of things that are not going to help you adapt and adjust your fitness program as well so definitely get those other components in place as well as the um, tactical strength and conditioning awesome well fantastic um if i can just plug my email in case anyone has questions as practitioners and uh, different individuals in the field. Uh, my email is jabaiperformance, J-A-B-A-I performance at gmail.com. Uh, like I said, whether you're going the academic route or you're a tactical, uh, tactical professional going uh, the TZAC route as, as being an instructor or that guidance tool, definitely reach out if you have questions. And um, I, if I don't know the answer, I'll definitely find the person that has it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Hussein, for being on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Thank you for having me.
When you look good, you feel good. Guys, it's about time you threw away those stained t-shirts and those baggy, saggy shorts and upgrade your gym swagger. Zaya Active is the official workout wear of Fireteam Whiskey. Go to bit.ly forward slash Zaya FTW and check out all the styles for women, men, and kids.